This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Hi, and welcome back to A Study in Literacy. I'm one of your two hosts, Luke. And I'm Jill, and he's the one that can say the title of the show. (laughs) I always wonder from week to week whether I should go literacy or literacy to put a little bit more, you know. You could, like, swap it in between. I could, yeah. Yeah. Or you could start the show with one and then at the end use the other one. And always remember there are two ways to say everything and everything. And there are two ways to spell everything, too, I think. Uh, yeah, there's the right way and the wrong way. No, there's, there's the way it's spelled, and then it's, you know, when your teachers go, oh, spell it how you say it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, then there's that way, and yep. then you get corrected. I found my five-year-old writing book. I've written everything how I say it, mm-hmm. or how I said it back then. I see. <laughs> and got all these little corrections, like... But I remember being told that you spell it how you say it. And that's yeah. how I said it. I said certificate, stiffkit. And I wrote it, yep. stiffkit. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if that were the case everywhere, we, everyone would be like, all right, quick, call the ambulance. And quick, <laughs> take them to the hospital. Hostipal. Hospital? My sister used to say, um, um, oh, what she said? It wasn't skitty, um, but she, she like, biscuity. I always called it Spagaletti. Spagaletti? That's Spagaletti. pretty... I mean, that's how you say it. That's how it's Maybe spelled. Maybe it sound more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were you were just about to fire off into a book about a girl who does yeah, something. Yeah, so before we hit record, and then it's like, oh no, let's hit record to- and then talk yep, about it. I had to make sure that she hit record because she just starts going off. I do. Well, anyway, this... <laughs> shut up. This is a really good book that I'm reading now. I find it fascinating because it's being told by two points of view, the mothers and the daughters. The little girl, she's eight. The mother thinks she's been kidnapped, which she actually has been. They're at a book festival. Nice, I thought. Um, And she didn't want to hold the mum's hand because she's like, oh, I'm all grown up now. I don't need to. They get separated. The mother, when she realizes, goes insane looking Mm -hmm. for the daughter, can't find her. What's actually happened when you read the little girl's point of view is that an old man's come up to her oh. and said, I'm, I'm your granddad. Your mum's been in a really bad accident. And the little girl, quite conveniently, has never actually met her grandparents because her mum and them are fighting. Mm-hmm. And she's like, is, is my mum okay? And he's like, quick, hurry, I'll take you to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then obviously he kind of lies and then he's just like, gets her in the car, takes her away. And then he's like, oh, we can't see you yet. She's in operation. So just come back to my place. She's starting now, I think she's a bit slow, to realise that... Maybe it's not all as it seems, because she's just been taken to America, but she was drugged while they did it. Oh. Yeah, and her brain's going, I don't know if he is my granddad. (laughs) (laughs) But she still thinks her mum is dead, because that's what he told her. Okay, so how old is this girl? She's eight. She's eight, okay. Yeah, but she doesn't know she's been kidnapped, and as far as she's aware, her dad is not picking up the phone, doesn't want anything to do with her, and her parents are separated, so that's fine. So there's some kind of... So what's the motive here? Do we have any idea no, as to what this is? I have no wants? idea why he took her at wow. all yet. And like all we know is she's overheard him saying she's the one to mm. his accomplice. This sounds like cultist behavior. I know. I want to know what's <laughs> happening. And it's like, but every time she starts to get close, we switch to the mum. And I'm oh. like, oh, come on. So what's the mum doing during all of this? Mum's basically just panicking. Okay. I mean, she has got back in touch with her parents, which is mm-hmm. how we know for sure as readers. Yeah. 
definitely not the granddad. Um, she's kind of, I think she's lucky she's only got the one kid because she's like the rest of her life. She's not going to work. She's not doing anything. Oh, I see. And it, she's just like kind of hanging out in her kid's room or like lying in the garden, like hoping the girl comes back. Oh, okay. Yeah. She did do searching for the first like month. But right. now the police have left. Everyone's left. Uh, They're just kind of like, eh. It's been 100 days now. Wow. Mm. That's not good. Nah. I'm about halfway through. I'm intrigued as to where it's going. So what's this book called? The Girl in the Red Coat. The Girl in the Red Coat. Yeah. Can you remember who the author is? A female. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amelia female. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's been a long day, Luke. <laughs> in, uh, in in one of the records that I saw um, on a medical certificate once, the doctor it's always initialed the first the first letter of the first name and then the surname. The surname was B U T T, and the first name was obviously something like Aaron. <laughs> so it was signed A Butt. I would change something and in my name. I I, think. I had a, I had a good little <laughs> giggle at that. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I interesting thing for today because I think I might have mentioned it last week or last episode or episode before. Um, Susie Dent, who is a lexicographer, yes, she's in Dictionary Corner on eight out of ten cats does countdown. Oh, I like her. Uh, yep, she is awesome. Um, she does very often. She does words of the day. Okay. And some sometimes, not all the time. Does she do them on social media? Yes, she does it on Twitter. You can follow her. Nice. At Susie Dent, I think, uh, is just uh, all I'm sure need. if I search Susie Dent on Twitter, she'll come up. Yep. She has a, uh, she has a blue check mark, so you know it's her. It's, yeah, it's at Susie underscore, underscore Dent. Awesome. So today's word of the day, Snollygoster. <gasps> it's from the 19th century. What's it mean? What do you think it means? Someone who loves having fun. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> the opposite, in fact. Someone who doesn't like having fun? It's an unprincipled individual who was driven entirely by political political gain. Ooh. Mm. So a not fun person. A not fun person. It's a cool word, though. It should relate to a fun it person. A cool it should relate to a fun person. Or it a should, fun activity. But it does not. Um, mm. So one of the things that I remembered um, to bring this week was mm-hmm. my children's book. Oh, that was personalised. We were having a discussion before this about whether it's a dragon or a dinosaur on the front. I said it's a dinosaur. I mean, it's got the scales and it's got a big old horn on its head and it's got wings. A I'm winged sorry. reptilian creature. Tell us, listeners, is a winged reptilian creature... A dinosaur. A dinosaur or is it a dragon? Well, a horn. <laughs> Triceratopses have horns. But they don't have wings. Yeah, but the raptors have wings. Why couldn't they have both bred raptors together? Raptors don't have... What do you... What? Don't they? They fly? No. <laughs> it's a pterodactyl. That's the one. And there are other winged ones, but pterodactyl yeah. is the one that everyone remembers. Well, the only dinosaurs I really cared about was the Triceratops, Triceratops. and the Stegosaurus. Oh, the mm. Land Before Time. What a good no, show. No, that was sad. Yeah, it was sad, but it was good. I only watched the first one; wouldn't watch the others. Oh wow! Yeah. There's sad news about the uh, the little girl who voiced Ducky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to say it here because it's actually really quite sad. Yeah, no, we don't want sad. Uh, we want anyway, happy. So this this book is my birthday land adventure. Um, it was especially written for me, Luke Mayton, from love from Popper and Nana. 
Um, so what you would do, you would uh, contact these people. It was written by Margaret Gibson. Yeah. And it was illustrated by Esther Kasepu, K-A-S-E-P-U-U. Um, and it is a personalized adventure. So at the beginning, I'm obviously not going to actually say some of the details because it's actually pers- it's literally personalized. You would give them it's a all about you. details. So um, it's that uh, I I wake up with a letter and it in the illustration it has the address that you Ooh, gave them. No, nice. so when you're a little kid, you're like, oh, it's real. <laughs> um, and then you go on this big old adventure. Um, and then at the end, uh, it's it's specifically for birthdays, at least this one. I did some Googling mm-hmm. to try and find these people because on the back it says, My Adventure Books, Production, Margaret Gibson, Chris Nisbet, Julia Wilson, C1992. I was going to say, it looks a lot better than some of the ones I've seen nowadays. Like, much more <laughs> like it's actually a story for you, not just, we've put your name in random places yeah. in an already existing story. No, yeah, it's, it's funny too because... Um, um, it very often it says your name in full rather than just your first name. So I'm like, well, that's a little bit robotic. <laughs> but um, oh, if that had been me as a kid, it would have had my nickname because no one ever put my name as full. Jilly Bean. No, and no, I'm not saying it on the show. <laughs> so initials JB though. That's JB. Where, that's where JB came from. Uh, Jack Bennett. No, that would have <clears throat> been a cool name though. That's a cool name. Yeah. Copyright me, 2020. <laughs> that that book that Luke brought in made me remember that I have a book written about me too, but mm-hmm. by some friends when I left a job in Scotland. The, I will what, bring what was it, it called? Time. The Jillnado? No, it's Jill the Friend Tornado. Jill the Friend. Or Jilly the Friend Tornado, one of the two. Or the Friendnado. No, it's definitely Friend Tornado. <laughs> there is a picture of me like at the top of a tornado accumulating people. Just screaming in agony yeah. because your lower half has transformed oh, into No, I think a... I'm pretty happy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yay, big smile. <laughs> so, so the other thing that we promised last episode that we would both do it. Yes. We're bringing in our dictionaries of slang words. Mine's Spe- much bigger than Luke's. Yeah. Specific. And it's from... <laughs> Specifically, Kiwi slang or Australian yeah. and New Zealand slang words. Mine's all of them because it's an Oxford dictionary. So, okay, I see. Yeah. So this one is, my book is called A Dictionary of Kiwi Slang by David McGill. Mm-hmm. Um, published in um, 1988. And it was reprinted in 88, 89. Uh, it was purchased by my stepmother from some kind of... Um, book sale for like 50 cents nice. uh, very recently actually but I saw it and I was having a really good laugh reading it and she just said did you want that and I was like yeah absolutely <laughs> I want that nice. so it has it has, it's obviously second hand because it's got this message at the start saying that it's to dad wishing you a happy birthday from some people so <laughs> so it was obviously personalized mm-hmm. in some way um, but this uh, has all sorts of things um very often it has, it will say NZA or ANZ, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't quite know what those mean, but I presume that NZA, who knows, but ANZ might mean Australia and New Zealand, that it's a slang between. So I've got things like dingbat. 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 I love that. You call someone a dingbat, uh, means that they're an odd or silly person. Um, plural form means madness. It's a plural of dingbat. Apparently. Um, either of rage or delirium tremens. 
Singular was an Anzac officer's servant in World War One, said to be a merger of Dingo and Batman. Well, my dingbat has five references in my dictionary. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what they're all for, so I'm going <laughs> to slowly look them up. The the tagline for this uh, for this one, a dictionary of Kiwi slang, up the boo high shooting poo kickers, <laughs> which okay. I've never heard before. I like it. We've got things like dob to dob someone in. That's a pretty cool one. I like that. Well, according to this dingbat, if it was for a tramp, first was used in 1918 mm. in yeah, America. A lot, a lot of these are very, very old. They are. Some of these. I did one day read this to find the newest slang word because this was published in 1998. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was republished because I've got the first copy right. apparently. So. so nowadays, when you hear herbs as slang, you think of something in particular, wouldn't you? I've never heard herbs as slang. Well, when someone says, you know, herbs, you, you want some herbs. Yep. Oh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. you'd think of a specific thing. According to this, it means power or speed. So oh. you, would, you would say, if you're like pedal to the metal, yes. you'd say, oh, you're giving it the herbs. It, mean, <laughs> it means that you're really speeding <laughs> up. Yeah. Okay, that's a new one completely. Yeah, usually suggestion you depress car accelerator to the floor or its maximum. Originally, sluggish horses were given more herbs or oats, and that's where it came from because... I guess it means that it mm. might speed them up. I think if I was driving a car and someone said, give it some herbs, I'd be like, what? It's not quite that eco-friendly, sorry. Either that or I think that you're trying to tell me to put a CD on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy May and the Herbs or some yeah, kind of Yeah, and I'd be like, I'm sorry, that's not in my car right mm-hmm. now. I like the ones that have a um, a place name in it. We've got the Hawkateka Swindle. Which is, uh, is it a dance? Calling of a certain number in sequence when, with the aim of creating a jackpot, which is used to buy rounds of drinks in a pub. But the fact that it's the Hawkateka swing yeah. swindle, which is a place, yeah. it makes me think that it has less than generous origins. Yeah. Um, hen's fruit would refers to a hen's eggs. You call them the hen's fruit. <laughs> Because I guess... I suppose fruit comes from... Things. How much fruit is your hen produced? <laughs> <laughs> now that's a hen party I'd go to. Yes. <laughs> Pull finger. Everyone knows that one. Um, Did you know that weed has been used for, you, you know, yeah. smoking weed since 1606? Wow. I know. 1606. That's like a... Very, 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 very I, long time I ago. thought that would be a fairly modern one from like maybe yep. the 1930s. I would have probably gone 60s or 50s for I, it. I'm looking for it in here to see if it's in there. Uh, uh, the no, listeners get to just listen to us look up words. Yeah, Love it. yeah. Um, yeah, Waddy is a piece of wood, W-A-D-D-Y. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. they're really cool books. I, I like are. going through these. I love going through dictionaries. I may have... My brother doesn't quite understand this because most of my dictionaries, are, I don't have double ups. Mm-hmm. I have a double up of one of them. As I've tried to explain to my brother, it's not a double up because one is hardback and one's paperback. Right. So the hardback's in the collection and the paperback's used for looking yeah, up it's words. It's a different book. When you need it. Yeah. And we were doing, me and Dad were doing a crossword over lockdown. 
Because basically what I do, I suck at crosswords, so I fill in a few words, take a picture, send it to Dad. He tells me a few more, <laughs> I do a few more. And there's one where we couldn't get, and Dad's like, I'm positive, it's this word, but okay. there's too many squares for it. Mm-hmm. So I looked it up in all my dictionaries, and it turns out whoever wrote the, con- the crossword used, obviously, a dictionary from before the 1960s, because around then was when it changed to the new spelling without oh, the H. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Can you remember what, what the word was? No. Fahrenheit. I wouldn't have even attempted to spell that (laughs) So what was your favourite book growing up Or did you have like a series of books growing up that you really enjoyed My favourite book growing up Was probably either one of the kids annuals that we got from my grandma or my auntie Okay. Or my dad had a set of eight Walt Disney books And there's one of them, I've got a few of them now And there's one of them that Needed a little bit of TLC because I overread it as a child. Oh, you mean a little bit of duct tape, a little bit of no a duct few cable tape. Ties. It's got the um the nice white book or clear book tape down it, so oh, that you can yeah. still read it. But basically, it's full of nursery rhymes and the cool stories like Dumbo and the cool Peter stories, Pan. as opposed to the really dumb stories. Oh yeah, some of the stories in them were really <laughs> boring, <laughs> and the pictures were lame. This was the good one. The good one. The good one. Oh, it's a shame you didn't have the paperback one. Uh, <laughs> no, it wouldn't have been as good paperback. They're two different things, Dad. Totally two different <laughs> things. I, I was really into um Anthony Horowitz, mm. the Alex Ryder series. I was working in the library and those books were always going out. And mm. I always thought, I'll read it when it comes yeah. in. But then it was but on it reserve and never The one that's, that came out that started to take over for Alex Ryder was the Cherub series, mm. which was basically the... A similar concept, but it was... I can't remember who it's by. Uh, but it was about, like, an academy rather than just one character. Yep. It was about an academy where these young kids are sent to at the age of, like, 8 to 12. And they're turned into super spies. Ooh. So, cherub- so I, was the, I was the black sheep. I was reading Alex Ryder and I was like, yeah, I'm really excited about the new book. And they're just like, cherub's better. <laughs> they're just doing the whole gatekeeping thing. Like, oh, this is new, so it must be better and I like it better. And I'm like, yeah, cool, you can like it better. It doesn't make it better. I think I was reading the, as close to fantasy as you can get as a teenager. I can't remember what the books were now, but... Del Toro Quest? I have no idea. Oh, those were so good. There was, and then I must, oh, there were some sci-fi ones, um, mm. Violet Eyes and Silver Eyes. Ooh. Uh, they were brilliant books, and the library may have saved me then when they took them out of service, because Silver Eyes was only ever released to libraries, otherwise oh. it was an e-book. Okay. And I obviously want the book version, and I've priced buying it, because my copy is on its way back from India, supposedly, but it was posted like over 10 years ago, so it's not coming. Wow. Yeah. Why was it in India? Because <laughs> I was in India and I took it over with me to uh, read and then I posted it back, trusting yep. their postal service. <laughs> or ours. Total rookie <laughs> mistake. But yeah, to buy that book is like $97 on <sighs> eBay. Wow. I got the ebook for like $1.99. <gasps> but ebooks aren't the same. Yeah. I like having the, the proper book in front of me. Yeah, turning the page and everything, that tactile yeah. feeling. And when you spill food on it, you're like, uh oh, mm. yeah. And then it's just it's it's like a birthmark. Yeah. So every time you go by, I say, oh, that's yeah. the time. Although <laughs> watching my dad rekindle can be quite funny because just before he turns the page, he wipes the crumbs off, and then he'll turn the page, <laughs> and it's like, oh, you didn't actually have to do that, but you know. <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, good on him. You know, keep your devices clean. I, I think it's habit as much as anything. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like um, anyone who like licks their finger and then turns a page. Anyone who does that, I don't think they will ever be able to stop. Because no. if you start doing that, I don't think you can unlearn that kind of behavior. I don't think I've ever done that. I don't I don't think I've ever done it. I think I've done it out of desperation a few times. When I'm like, what? what? Turn! Oh, I do the two-handed, try and pull oh, the pages yeah. apart. Or, or you get the two pages that won't turn properly and you just... Yes, uh, squ- do that. Uh, like slide your fingers around. Oh, yeah, and so then I it, use yeah. the other hand. Because otherwise, as soon as you let go, they go back together yeah. again. Um, the, there was one book that my sister read and I was, I wouldn't say I was friends with a librarian at, at high school, but we, we knew each other and, um, she would recommend things to me and I would get special treatment, um, because my sister was older than me. So she knew my sister and my sister was a bit of a social butterfly. I was not. (laughs) So the librarian knew, uh, knew me and, um. Wait, school library or town library? School. Oh yeah. Um. And so she she recommended this book to me that my sister had read because I had asked the librarian, what books would I like? And she was like, well, do you like the same books as your sister? And I was like, I don't know, maybe. Because my <laughs> sister was really into Tamora Pierce mm-hmm. and Diana Gabaldon, which you have commented <clears throat> on before. I put my feelings on that one. <laughs> the, to be honest, the Tamora Pierce ones, or Tamara Pierce, however mm. you say it, uh, she's the one who wrote, uh, his Dark Materials. It's like The Subtle Knife, yeah. The Amber Spyglass, and... I never quite Golden Compass. got into those. I I, try, I think I've tried each one and never there really got There is a TV far. show of them now uh, mm. with, I think, David Tennant. Oh, it. I like David and Tennant. And he makes me feel things, so I think I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to find that and watch it too. <laughs> I think it's either HBO or Amazon. I know it's not on Netflix. Uh, Whichever one requires Well, I say I know, but now I'm going to go away and I'm going to find out <laughs> that it, it indeed is. So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's on... somewhere on the internet. It's, it exists, and that's all I'll say. <laughs> Sounds exciting. It's Yeah, I'm because I wasn't into them when I was a kid. Because, oh, my sister's reading them. They uh. must be dumb. Um, but then I actually did some looking into it. When, um, when I saw the series, I'm like, his dark materials, I was like, Ooh, that sounds interesting. Because I'm into, like, dark, atmospheric, horror, sci-fi, fantasy stuff. Um, I mean, Lovecraft, for goodness sake. Um, And so I I watched the trailer and I just went, I I should find those books. Yes. I should read these. My brother's favourite book when he was younger, I I never read it. I don't know whether I would have liked it or not. I Mm. just didn't sound interesting. It was called Yellow Eyes and it's about a cheetah cub that loses its mum and then has to... I don't know, I guess be a cheater on its own. Right. Yeah, it was the only book for ages that he would actually sit down and read. Mm. And mum read it. She said, oh, it's so sad. It's like, (laughs) you're like really, she doesn't normally get emotional over stuff. Dad says she's a little bit cold and callous, but it's a joke. She's not. (laughs) She just doesn't cry at movies. Screw you, Jill's (laughs) mum. She just, unlike my dad, who cried in Casper. Right. In Casper? I know, right? But they're already dead. No, but he got, like, sand, sand, and as I see quotation marks there, people, um, when he became a little boy or something. Yeah. I didn't understand. No. I'm suddenly remembering, after you're talking about the yellow eyes, there was this book that I found in um, in the town library. It was called Dusk, I think. And it was about this race of creatures who I, they like lived up in the trees, 
and they had wings, but they couldn't fly. They could only glide. How do they get up the trees if they can't fly? Climbing. Okay, they, so they climb up and glide these down. Are, yeah, these are not humans. These are creatures. So they're monsters. And it's in a world where it's just this huge continuous forest. And there's lots of different creatures in this forest that it's all like um, they, they're all trying to survive. It's a survival aspect. But they these creatures have like a society. And Dusk is born with a very unique ability. And they've got these super cool names, like Dusk. That's a very cool name. It is a very cool um, name. And Dusk is born, I don't want to say he or she, because I think it was a little bit neutral. Oh, I quite like that, um, And so Dusk was born with the ability to flap <gasps> their wings. Oh, um, that is so awesome. It was either they were born with it or they, or their brain, like... They could figure it out. They figured it. They were like, what if... We start to flap our Yeah, what arms. if we don't just hold them there? That's right. And, of course, it goes through the whole, you're crazy, it's ridiculous, it'll never work, no one else could do it, but Dusk managed to do it quite easily. Um, Did it start a trend? Did others start st- figuring it, it out? It started a little bit of a trend. Uh, it's a classic, I hesitate to say young adult, because I, I, te- I seem to remember that it's quite a large book, and it, was, it dealt with some very mm. dark subjects, which leads me to believe it could have been a YA book. Because young adult fiction does sometimes have quite I feel heavy. Like, I don't know matter. if it's like back when we were younger, but I definitely think now there's a, a difference between teenage books and young adult books. Yep. And it possibly could have been like an early version of what is now we would May call well a young be, yeah. adult. I, I can't remember the author because I've only just thought of it and I would have looked it up otherwise. But Dusk, very good book. Mm. I, I think it's really good. Uh, maybe old or young, because I think about the concept now and I'm like, yeah, I'd read that book again. I must admit, there's a lot of young adult books that I either reread or still own mm-hmm. or now would buy because they're actually not bad. I mean, teenage books, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of those anymore. Mm. But young adult books, Anything definitely. with, like, teen angst, I couldn't no. give a toss. My <laughs> Potentially one of my favourite books because I reread it more times per year than one person should potentially mm-hmm. read is a young adult book. Yeah. It's Fire by Kirsten Cashaw. Okay. It's technically the second second written book in the series, but it's the first book if we're going chronologically. Right. And I love it. I just love the world that it's in and the fact that there's like a strong female lead, mm. but the men also aren't wimpy. Like, okay. they're pretty strong and right. perfectly capable of existing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like, no one really depends on anyone. They're happy to lean on each other. Okay. But, but they, they are all self-sufficient. Yeah, they're okay. all self-sufficient. And all the relationships work. There's character like, development. Yes. And like in a real way, though, like they don't always get on. Okay. They do fight and bicker and whatnot. That's it's like, good. that's actually real life. Exactly. There. That's real life. And it doesn't, like it ends on a happy note, but you can tell that it's not over. Mm. Like stuff's going to keep happening like it does in life. Okay. There may be this period of happiness, but right. the... You know, he's going to hit the fan again. So you said that the world is really interesting. What interests you about it? Uh, so it's... Is it modern day? Is it a fantasy? It's a fantasy. Okay. I would say oh, it's hard to place fantasy because they never put technology in there or anything like that. Okay. Um, but, so it never makes mention of uh, cities or anything uh, like so that? So they've got cities. Um, the great engineering is building bridges. Okay. Like that to them is... Great engineering, the mm. fact that they can get bridges built. They've still got horses and stuff like that to ride around in. Um, they're at war at the moment, mm. which I, I just love. It's like kind of like probably a civil war. Okay. Because like 
part of the area doesn't really like what's going on, and there's like four leaders that are trying to mm. lead. One's the king, obviously. He's allowed to lead. Yeah. He's the royal family. Mm. But he's, he's probably the weakest character. He doesn't really see why he should be king. He's just like, well, yeah, it's a birthright. But well, I guess. No, I've been put here because my dad died kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> Imagine that being all your claim. Yeah. Oh. And whereas the others are like fighters and stuff, and like one of his brothers is the war captain, so leads the army, and another one of his brothers does like the financial stuff. I, mm. I guess like they don't really go into that one's detail. And then him and his twin the financial brother and the twin, they're like spy leaders and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Whereas the king's just kind of like, well, I just kind of, I'm here. Like, <laughs> I like it. It's just like, there's, mm. surely there's some people in power that are just like, eh, well, I'm here because I'm here. Okay. So if you like that, um, we're going back to Jack Vance again, but this is one of his mm. other works. It's not in this, the Dying Earth series. It's set in like fantasy Europe. Um, on an island called Lioness, L-Y-O-N-N-E-S-S-E. And it still has where magic is that weird, you have to recite it and put it in your head and when you cast Uh, the magic it goes away. Um, It's got a lot of, it's it's, I think the first story, because I say book, because I read one book which was about that thick because it was the three volumes Uh put into one. Yeah. Um, so the first one I think is just called, uh, Lioness. Um, no, I think it's Suldren's Garden because Suldren is the daughter of, um, uh, of one of the royal kings and you've got multiple factions, you've got multiple kingdoms, you've got people in the middle where there's wizards, but they're not allowed to interfere mm-hmm. in the politics. But then there are some who are like skirting that line and then new wizarding laws might have to be made. Um, Then you have uh, fairies. There are the fae and they're depicted Mm -hmm. very, very well. I was going to say, are they good They are not to be trusted. They're not evil, but they're not to be trusted. I feel like a good fairy is not as such bad, but they may be in it for their own reasons. That's right, and that's what they are. They are quirky, neutral, mm. out for themselves. If they, if they can play a prank on you, that, oh, yeah. that will disadvantage you and make you look like a fool, they'll do it. I think that's a very valid reason to play a prank, then, actually. Then there's the, um, the, the magic part of it where don't eat the food and don't yeah. drink the wine. Yeah. Don't accept anything they give you. Don't make a deal with them unless you really know what you're doing. <laughs> I feel like those are the main things that you yep. would not even with, like you wouldn't even realize that you're doing that sometimes. Yes. There's a there's a really cool scene in this where um, some of the main characters, uh, a few of them, they are going to retrieve something from a giant, and they are told very specifically, "Don't take anything unless you are told you can have it." They always, like, whenever you're told that, you instantly do what you're not but, meant to do. But what's really cool is it doesn't just go into, oh, okay, you know, they, they, they are warned, you will be invited to dinner. Don't take anything that is not offered. So it goes through this really, because this is the way... So that, wait, like, at the dinner for eating the food, the don't time, take... The whole time it. that you're there. So you can't reach and grab something that <clears throat> looks really yummy on the table. Correct. And it goes through this, and this is the sort of thing that I love about world crafting and story story writing, is that you don't have to 
like vomit out the exposition, you can inform the reader about the world mm-hmm. by the actions of the people. So they're talking to each other and one of them goes, um, okay, we've been told, have a grape. Have a grape from this giant. And of course it's a giant grape, so it's like the size of their head. Yum. And so it goes through this very specific specificity where they take the grape and they make sure that they detach the branch that it's on so that they don't oh. take the branch because if they take the branch, they're breaking that contract. I wouldn't have thought of that. Exactly. And that's what that's what intrigued me so much. I was like, this is telling me so much about the world mm. that it makes me believe it. It makes me believe that it's real, that it is a real threat, that if you take even like a splinter of wood yeah. that you take on your shoe, because they do that as well. They're like checking themselves, their yeah. clothing as they're about to leave to make sure that they, they don't have any, um, no dust, any, or any dust or anything. It's really, really interesting. I must admit, I love fantasy books like that that create their whole world with that's the right. rules rather than just going, oh, yeah, it's New York City and there's some vampires. Yeah, that's right. Because, I mean... <laughs> This is like the whole world's not really imagined. In Even though Underworld was a very cool series. Well, I mean, some really work, but not all of them. Kate Beckinsale also makes me feel things. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's Lioness. Really, really good. It's at the local library. Mm, you can that's get it from cool. There. Awesome. I do have one important, important question for you. Oh, no. Has there ever been a book or a series that you've read that other people have said is terrible and you've actually quite enjoyed it? That's happened with films and TV shows. Yeah. Books, though. Um, the only example I can think of is that as a, as a child, not as like a teen, because that was my Alex Ryder days, when, but when I was a kid and still through my life, I like knowing stuff. Just stuff. Yep. Yep. Like a random thing that's never going to be useful, but I can say it around people. And I'd be like, how'd you know that? Oh, I just knew it. And I feel smart for a moment. Yep. Guinness Book of World Records. I never understood how that could come out, like the 2021 years coming out. So it's like, how is that possible? We haven't had 2021 years. It's because it, it's sort of like, a, so if, I think of it sort of like a financial year. Like the financial year ends in like March. Yes. Um, so the Guinness World Records, it means that it's the start of 2020 to like the start of 2021, which means that it's the 2021 edition because it came out in 2021. No, no. I could also (laughs) never understand how it would have so many reserves on it at the library. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing, I guess. To me, that's a really good thing because it means that kids wanted to learn stuff. Mm. Uh, but that was my the book that I really liked. And I remember sometimes my friends would be like, why are you reading that? It's mm. pointless. It looks really dumb. And I'm just like, but I really like it. Yeah. I remember, because I read Lord of the Rings in the wrong order. In the wrong order. So I went book three, two, one. Oh. There's a reason for that. Dad refused to take me to the third movie till I'd read the book. So I read the book and then he's like, oh, you got through that pretty quick. You have to read the others now. So I went two and one because that was my order. But I really liked book one. It was my favourite. And book ev- one one or book three one? No, actual book one one. The Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. And everyone I remember talking to going, oh, it's really boring. Uh, like that meeting in Riverdale is so dumb. It's yep. like, I was fascinated. I found it very, very interesting. One of the things that I learned from a YouTube video by this guy called Matt Colville, he is a writer. He's a published writer. He does. He's done writing for video games. He's done books and stuff. He is a huge Tolkien fan, or Tolkien, however you say it. 
and he, in this video, it was sort of like a video essay, where, <coughs> oh, you're ruining the recording. So, Dude, I turned away. So apparently what Tolkien did, um, he paid attention to astronomy when oh, writing yeah? these books. So, because he was, for whatever reason, he was worried that people were going to go full nerd, and they're going to be like, <laughs> hold on a minute, but the moon, where Aragorn and Legolas are, isn't the same moon as where Frodo and Sam are. And so, he was paying really close attention and making sure that he was making the timelines add mm-hmm. up, basically. Um, and it's it was just really interesting to learn that because he's he's really gone deep into it. There can't is can't say I ever noticed exactly the moon even being mentioned. That um, and and that's the thing about um, about how seriously you want to take your world that you're writing. <laughs> I think also though, the more research the author's done, yeah. the less likely you're go- you're not going to notice it because it all fits so well together. Whereas yeah, exactly. if they don't do the research, then you go, this doesn't feel right. Yeah, exactly. And you but, know, but that's the thing. That means that what Tolkien did worked. Mm, it did. <laughs> because no one all, noticed it. It all just fit perfectly. Yep. You didn't question anything Absolutely. because he had done that research. That's right. But for some reason he was, he did that because he was worried that people would be yeah. like, hey, hold on it said in this chapter that aragorn was over here and that frodo and sam were over here and it doesn't (laughs) but i mean nerds have done stranger things and i mean if the internet had been around oh yeah when it came out maybe they would have commented on that's right the the internet think tank yeah i mean what on earth did they used to do did they write letters to each other or write to the author i think they did i think Mm. that was a thing that happened uh where do you think we get fan mail from I uh, may have mail. written a fan mail letter to an author in America once, yes. not thinking anything of it, and then a few months later, a response. It's just like this signed thing comes <gasps> back in my mouth with a proper handwritten. That's so cool. Thanks for reading the series to me letter. I was like, oh, can you remember cool. what series it was? I can't remember the series, but the author was Adrian Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I have since fallen out of love with her because she's left the series with the five main characters. One of them is going to live. The rest are all going to die. The next book hasn't come yet. And it's been years. So she she's George R.R. R. Martining it. Uh, I think I think she had a plan and then some emotional or, you know, life stuff happened. Right. And she hasn't quite got to okay. the right frame of mind to write the next book. But I'm sitting there going, I don't care about two of them, but three of them need to live. You're like an addict, like, I need it. I need, I need it. it. And now I can't actually reread the series because every time I do, I just power through. I think there's five books. Yep. And I power through and there's like all over again. I'm like, mm-hmm, <laughs> does Dante die? No. <laughs> thinking that you might have missed something the first ten times. Yes. Thinking there might be a clue as to who gets saved, but no. I saw this great. Uh, this great post on the internet one day where someone said, if I ever became a writer, I would write two different endings to the book and have that shipped at random throughout the world to just watch everyone on the internet yelling about which one is the correct ending. (laughs) That's kind of making me freak out. Like the possibility of that happening. I would love to do that, but I'd do it like five different endings. No, I don't think I could handle that. I'd have to buy all the different exactly. books. Exactly. I'd go, I mean, you'd make tons of money, but I would 
genuinely well, I'd do that just to mess with people. You'd either make tons of money or you would lose like every fan you've possibly got by them going, I hate you. Well that's that's when you start a new series where it's like a parallel five different parallel dimensions have opened up. <laughs> and that's well, why I I'll only yeah, write be- sci fi. Because every different ending gives you different choices and Oh, now I'm thinking of Choose Your Own Adventure books. Oh, I recently read, just before lockdown, Choose Your Own Apocalypse. Oh. Got it from the Hastings Library. Nice. It's rather funny in places, (laughs) especially when, like, Trump lets out this disease that kills the world. When he lets out... What? Is that an option in the book? It's an option. Elon Musk manages to somehow set going some random drilly diggy things that will blow up the world somehow. I killed myself on page two. (laughs) Well, I killed the world on page two. (laughs) Um, Finding the ending where we lived was my very last choice. Right. Yeah. So every, basically every single option I would take and then rethink and retake, it's the absolute thing I would not do is Mm -hmm. what saves the world. So... I recommend that book. It's from the... I got it from Hastings Library. Okay. Yeah. D- did you ever do any of the Choose Your Own Adventures for the Goosebumps books? Yes. That old R.L. Stein. Yes. I just... Any... When I was younger, any Choose Your Own Adventure, I, don't, I would do it. I don't believe anyone ever when they say, <laughs> oh, I never cheated. I'm like, yes, you did. Oh, hell yeah. You absolutely did. <laughs> I would make sure I did every single... Possible Same here. Stuff. And I'd like mark the different pages I, so I, I know would which use ones my I fingers. went on. I wouldn't mark them. I'd just be like, and that, there. And yeah. It would get really awkward. Or I'd know in my head, I'd be like, okay, so page one goes to page 12, goes That's to page right. 20 or whatever. And honestly, those were really cool. They were. Choose your own adventures were cool. So were the, um, there's like the puzzling world ones where you had to do like the puzzles along with the stories. It might be an Inglewood thing. I have, I have a book somewhere. My dad might still have it, or he might have given it to me. It's a maze book. Oh, I do like mazes. Where it's just a huge book of mazes, and it's got all of this gorgeous art all over it. Uh, There's a great video online about this one book called The Secret. And it's not the secret that most people know, where it's got it's some like pseudo sciencey. The Oprah show one. Uh, the Oprah show one. Oprah did a show on the secret. It's a book. I read oh, the book okay. and it cracked me up. It's not meant to. Mm. I think you need to take it quite seriously. And I just thought, oh, that's quite. Yeah, funny. it's all about you know. It has got some stuff in there like meditation. It is a thing that can mm. help you. But then it goes into you know the metaphysical magic and stuff like that, which I'm not a big proponent of. But this book is called The Secret. It was written in like the 60s or something Mm. and it was the story of this fairy race Mm -hmm. that came to earth and they brought with them where they come from uh their own fairy universe universe okay they got chased out or something happened because that's the one part that i need to know apparently and it has this (laughs) huge story about how they they had these like seven kingdoms and when they brought these gems to earth they made a pact with the humans of earth at the time to live in harmony and as gifts they gave these gemstones yeah and in the real world you can find these gemstones and like the it, real like the world we're living the in world right now we actually live in where are it, they america i think we should go on holiday in the united, in the united <laughs> states one has been found i think so, did the person that write this actually hide gemstones? They actually hid these oh. stones and the, well, these keys. Mm. And then the key would take you to a safety deposit box oh that had gosh. in there. And then you send the little gem with the key and everything 
with a uh, uh, one of those like mail order things that's on the back of the book to this address, and they send you like a like an actual valuable yeah. like an actual prize. I really want to go on holiday and, and do this. The, but the problem is. The problem is that because it was done so long ago, mm. they were really hard too. They were these pictures. And Are you were, saying that I couldn't do it because it was hard? No, it's because back then <laughs> there wasn't as much infrastructure as there is now. Yep. So the the common consensus, the overwhelming consensus is they've all either been destroyed yeah. um, or they've been paved over. So, so were they buried in the ground? They were buried in the ground. Oh, yeah, they'll be all under concrete. And um, this video by the YouTube channel Atrocity Guide, uh, she does like a half an hour video talking about this, the whole situation. Uh, there was like, a, I think it was two brothers or two friends figured out one of them and they did actually claim it in the 80s or something like that. I but feel like the address probably is non-existent anymore anyway. possibly. The safety deposit boxes may be discarded mm. now as well. I don't know exactly how it works. But it's yeah, that's... Interesting concept though. Write a book and hide some that's stuff. That's right. Someone else did it as well where they, they literally called it like the treasure hunt or something mm. like that. And they tried to do something similar, but it basically never took off. You'd have to have a... I feel like you'd have to have a pretty good following before you started. Yeah. Or people or that you first, know... Or be the first one to do it. Yeah. And know that you can tag some people that, I don't know, a social media girl Social media would, would make it there. much easier to do. Um, there's this thing that takes place every year called The Game, which is like a big, it's like an endurance test sort of thing. Um, but it was interesting. It's kind of sad because the, the person who made this is dead, the one who did The Secret. They have now died. Um, so you can't even write to them and ask where they were. Exactly. And there were trustees who I think there are still a couple of them alive. Um, but they're basically like sworn to secrecy. They're not saying I wonder anything. if the author or the person that came up with it is a little bit sad that only one got I would found. say so. I, I, I mean, I would be more excited that someone actually, that people actually tried. Because there are people who have tried. Oh, yeah. Um, because what you had to do, it wasn't just this picture. You had to find the verse of the big story that fit the picture because the book was full of these pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had to find the verse that fit the story, and then all of the art on the picture, each line and each word corresponded to a certain bit on the picture. Then you had to use the picture as like a map to figure out where in the United, in the whole of the United and States. And I suppose that it was the thing located. is too, you could figure that part out, but you still have to actually physically you have to actually go get there, there yeah, and that's right. that could be quite hard for a lot of people. Very, very hard, and especially the fact back that, in the sixties, and the fact that it was all very abstract and obscure. Yeah. Um, so it was. It would say something like, "I'm um, down by the way," and they're like, "Okay, so the way is something." Yeah. What is it? <laughs> How do you figure that out? Yeah. Um, and it was all. I think in most of them, or at least in, in the one that was found, uh, you could see the shape of the state hidden somewhere in the picture. You know, like, okay, so we know what state it's in. You'd have to know what all the shapes of the states exactly. were. So then you're like, okay, well, now we have to figure out where. So we find the next clue, and then the next one, the next one, the next one. And so you have to go through this big verse, to uh, the these verses, rather, to try and figure out where the hell this thing is. I think it sounds like a really good concept. Perhaps very, a very little cool. bit easier somehow. And very ambitious. Yes. Um, ARGs, alternate reality games, are now a big thing. They very often happen on the internet. Um, they happen with marketing 
they're very often tied in with marketing now for like a new game mm-hmm. or a new movie and things like that. Um, I think maybe one of the Marvel films did something like that. Uh, very often companies will set up a false website yes. that is very mysterious. So people start going to it like, what is this thing? Let's try and figure it out. Yeah. And there are clues in the source code. I've had some bands do that with their new albums. Uh, it is frustrating, yeah. but it's kind of worth it when you figure it out. It's frustrating for me because I'm terrible at puzzles. I I'm love just, doing puzzles. I'm, just, I'm garbage. I'm terrible. Anything, as soon as I look at it, I'm like... Have I figured it out in the first twenty seconds? No, I'm going to look at how to solve it. I'm just, I'm <laughs> See, terrible. I like, I love puzzles, like logic problems, actual yep. physical puzzles, all that sort of stuff. Hated magic eye as a kid. Could never see Same the picture. Here. My dad could. Well, he claimed to. Maybe he was yeah. just messing with me. <laughs> I, I think my brother always claimed he could. And it's like, I'd look at the answers and be like, okay, so it's this. I like, still nah, yep. never it, got it. I'd stare at this thing for minutes at a time I'm just I'm like I'd do the like book closer book further away yep, you know yep. try and figure I, that out I guess I'm just too smart to fall for <laughs> no <laughs> I'm gonna claim that one too we're too smart we're just too smart for your for your plebeian magic yes. eye puzzles <laughs> I did with Wes Wally mm-hmm. we used to read that a little bit I much prefer doing the jigsaw puzzle version because you often found them in one of the pieces oh, yeah. as you were doing it Although there was one that me and my grandma did. We couldn't find him anywhere. Mm-hmm. She went through it with a ruler in all directions. Couldn't find him anywhere. <laughs> my cousin walks into the room and goes, oh, there he is. And we're like, "Wow, we've spent ages looking. That's ridiculous. It was not cool. I saw, once again, this comes as a great idea from the internet. Um, <laughs> Love the internet. Someone said that they wanted to get a Where's Wally book. Or is it Wally or Waldo? Where's Wally? Was a- Waldo was a ripoff. Ah, oh, there we go. Yeah. I thought I was just misremembering. Or maybe it's the Mandela effect. Have you heard of that? No. Oh, it's great. <laughs> so um, anyway, this this idea was that you get a Where's Wally book, take it home, remove all the pages, copy them, Uh-oh. like scan them, yeah. remove Wally, <gasps> and then print out no. like imperfect pages and just leave them, leave no. it on a shelf of a bookstore to just cause chaos. Oh my god, you really would, especially if it's one that's been around for a while. Because people would be like, "I swear he's around here. I <laughs> found him last time." They would get side by side comparisons, <laughs> and I just love that idea because you're never going to be there for the payoff. No. And instead, it's like and you're a, never actually going to see if anyone falls for that's it. That's right. You're you're like the Joker. You just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> I do. I mean, there is some appeal in that, though, isn't there? <laughs> there is to just know that somewhere out there, someone is being annoyed. But I'm, I'm one of those, you know, self-serving people. I want the vindication. I want the knowledge that I want to be the fly on the wall that sees right. it happening. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I always loved these uh, uh, magic tricks that my dad could do, and I'm just like, I could never be someone who just leaves like an like a performance art project just out in the wild. I would need to be there watching to yeah. see the payoff. Well, now you can put up like cameras and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean it works now. But that's a lot of effort. I'd prefer to be there in person. Yeah. So that then, because when when someone gets you know bamboozled, they're like, oh my god, if you you know come out and you're laughing, they start getting they start laughing, and it yes. makes it just more. Um, it makes it more enjoyable, I think. I also don't like not knowing how stuff is done. Like, if I say, how is that done? Even if it's not, like, step-by-step step told to me. Even if they just say, like, sleight of hand or illusion or we just, you know, you weren't looking in the right direction That's kind right. of thing. That would be enough for me. But when they're all mysterious, yeah. I just 
annoying. I like, love mm. Darren Brown. He does he does incredible illusionist magic. Mm. Um, I I don't mind magic tricks that I don't know how they're done if they are performative. If yes. they're just like pick a card, eh, it's a card. Like that, yeah, no, that's not cool. To me, I'm like, okay, show me how it works. Yeah, um, if it's like grand scale yeah. illusion, that's like, what Darren Brown does. I remember David Copperfield from when I was younger. Ah. I still have no idea how he walked through the Great Wall of China. He walked through the Great he Wall walked, of China. I mean, it's got so a, it's the, an illusion somehow, but he goes in one side and he comes out the other so side. So I'm I'm very ignorant on the subject. I've heard David Copperfield get thrown around for years and years. I've never read it. Is it a book? I've never seen it. I don't know what we watch on TV. I don't know what David Copperfield is. He was. <laughs> Was he a real person? Yeah, I'm guessing it's a stage name, though. Okay. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. I don't know. It was early '90s, I think, that we saw it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And he just like, he just did the big illusions, right? But I mean, I mean, people must be doing them now. I okay. just think at the time he was quite whoa. Mm. Look at what he's doing. Something interesting that I read. Um, I think I read. I might be misremembering again. Um, we seem to be doing a lot of misremembering yeah, on this show. I mean, we are just talking at our butts on the show. <laughs> there was which, very little prep today. And I mean, that's the point, is to just <laughs> is. you know be super chill. Um, I have read information that says that H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and Houdini Ooh, were... Oh, Houdini fascinates were, me. ...were friends. They were like buddies. And there is a story... I could see that. There is a story by H.P. Lovecraft where Harry Houdini is the main character. Hmm. Um, it is not in the standard style of Lovecraft where the character dies because it's Harry Houdini. It's rooted in mm-hmm. real life. I think it's called Under the Pyramids or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's very, very good. Uh, yeah. Houdini goes to Egypt and he gets involved in some you know things that he wasn't supposed to be involved in. Ooh. He sees something he wasn't supposed to. Uh, and because he was an escape artist, Lovecraft loved, loved yeah. his escape artistry. Yes. And so he basically, as far as I know, he quite literally asked Houdini, hey, can I put you in a story? <laughs> can I write a story back? If I was Houdini, I would have been like, yeah, go for Apparently it. Apparently that's what happened. Houdini was actually like, yeah, I love your work. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so cool. Which which makes me happy if that is true because... I'm thinking I'm going to go with it as true because it's a nice story. Because Lovecraft died penniless. Yeah. He, he was poor. No one knew who he was. He made barely any money. He was exceptionally critical of himself. Mm. And so... It, His it's, work is so good. It's like that Doctor Who episode where they bring Vincent van Gogh... Gogh into the modern world for yes. like five minutes and he sees yeah. that he is actually appreciated. And I'm like, I want to do that with Howard. Yes. And to show him that the social issues have uh, changed from yeah. his perceptions that he has. And has. maybe he could stop using certain <laughs> words quite so much. Yeah, using using queer 28 times in a single that story. A I counted, it was 28. <laughs> Yeah, he needs to rewrite some of those if you bring him back. Just say, hey, can we just do a bit of editing? Anyway, I love I love that you're now assuming that I have the power to bring him yep, forward. Yeah, we're just waiting on it. Luke's building this machine. I mean, I have been talking about on Inside the Digital World, our temporal mm-hmm. vortex machine is yep. in progress. Yeah. Well, our test subject could be H.P. Lovecraft. It could be, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then we'll find this brand new story that we've never known about. <laughs> 
All right, so that's that's all the time that we've got time for. That's all the things we have time for. Yes, but next week we are talking to a poet because we know nothing about poetry, so we're going to quiz one. Same here. I've got some questions ready. That is awesome. I'm going to wing it. It's what I do best. Yeah, yeah, just wing it. (laughs) Yeah. We'll send him a few questions. We'll have some proper flow somewhere. We we wung this one. We winged this one. Winged. We winged this one. We wung. We wung winged this one. We wung. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.